Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? It's Essence Park. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? Kyle Haywood here, and I'm running a quick solo episode. Just wanted to hop on and give you a little bit of a midweek update after the second round of games has happened. So, officially, every single team in the WNBA has played two games now. And just a quick look at the standings, because I didn't anticipate uh, some of these starts. All right. If you'd have told me that both Connecticut and the Mercury, Connecticut and Phoenix, would start the season off 0-2, I'd have been a little surprised. If you had told me that the Mystics would have started off 2-0, I also would have been a little bit surprised. Um, now, granted, there's a lot of basketball to be played, but particularly uh, for Phoenix, I really feel like they'll figure it out here hopefully soon. New York's got an uphill climb because they've got seven rookies. Yeah, they have Sabrina Ionescu, and trust me, we're going to talk plenty of Sabrina. But right now, New York's got a, a pretty drastic uphill climb. And Connecticut, I think, still trying to figure out their identity with Dewana Bonner and uh, John Quill Jones sitting out, so there's some continuity there. But I, I just wanted to hop on and have a quick little chat session with you guys and and have a, a little bit of just a breakdown of what we've seen during the second uh, the second little series of games. So, um, But as we do, I just wanted to invite each of you that wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on uh, Apple Podcasts or some other pod grabber, um, go ahead and subscribe, and if you would be so kind to, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or some other uh, some other area that you can give a rating, we would really appreciate that. That helps us to get boosted up the, the ranks of the sports podcasts and be able to hopefully reach more new WNBA listeners and be able to help get them introduced to the league. So... Let's get into it. Uh, I think the first, I'm not going to do these in order. Um, I'm going to do them by the way that I imagine you guys want to talk about it. I think that the majority of people really want to talk about New York Dallas because there were so many new faces to the league in this game that we really got kind of a, a snapshot of the future of the league. So, Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Sabrina Ionescu, 33 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Just a really, really solid game. She she shot 55% overall, including 60% from behind the arc, and went perfect 5 for 5 behind uh, at the free throw line. Now, as a whole, New York didn't shoot terribly. They shot 42%. Uh, Even the three-point percentage at 36 isn't isn't terrible. Um, where they really seemed to struggle was slowing Dallas down and being able to create difficult looks for Dallas. Dallas came out shooting uh, or ended ended up shooting 50% for the game, led by Arika Gumbuale, who uh, is just basically the face of the team at this point. Um, 
So Ogumbawale drops 20, Mariah Jefferson with 13, and then Satu and Katie Lou both bringing in uh, 12 apiece there. Um, but really outside of Ionescu, not a lot of performance um, from the rest of this Liberty squad. Uh, Clarendon did bring in 11 points herself, had a couple of steals. Um, and Amanda Zowie B with 11 rebounds, but just really seemed, especially late down the stretch when New York, New York was trying to close any semblance of a gap moving forward. Um, Zowie B was just really having a hard time finding a shot to drop. So kind of a, kind of an interesting one. We were able to see a lot of minutes from several different players, been able to get Jasmine Jones out there, Kylie Shook, Megan Walker, Joyner Holmes. Um, we were able to see quite a bit of Jocelyn Willoughby, which I thought was pretty exciting. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with this New York team. Um, any W is going to be going to be welcome by any Liberty fans, but I think Liberty fans should be encouraged that their uh, that their front office is is kind of playing with this extremely deep draft class and trying to see who's going to emerge. Um, obviously, with Sabrina, they know they've got a, a future um, franchise piece there. But a lot of these other players, they're trying to just feel out and see who's going who's gonna to turn into something. So um, Dallas comes away with that victory, 93-80. to 80. Um, Dallas getting their first victory. Um, on the season, which is really awesome for them, being able to get that first W and uh, get it over the Liberty. Um, a lot of this was, you know, the number one pick, Sabrina, against the number two pick, uh, Satu Sabali. Both of them Oregon Ducks, and it was kind of fun to see uh, them finally play against each other uh, after playing with each other uh, for, you know, three years. Um, the next game I, I want to talk about, and it's simply because... I just don't know what to think <laughs> is Indiana and Phoenix. Now, Indiana, I think, could potentially be a an outside shot at a playoff spot. I think they've got the talent, but they've got a brand new coach. They've got a few new pieces, and they just they haven't made the playoffs for the last, you know, several seasons. And it'll be you know, kind of changing that culture to a winning culture, I think is going to be, uh, is going to be difficult for them. However, if there's a season to do it, why not this one in the bubble? Um, Indiana does come out with the, with the W though, over the heavily talented Phoenix Mercury squad. Um, Indiana was led, uh, three players getting 20 plus points with another just shy. Tiffany Mitchell with 24, Candace Dupree with 23, Tierra McCown with 20. And Kelsey Mitchell just outside of that range with 18. Um, this was just a just a high scoring battle. It seemed like neither team um, was getting stops, and both teams were just on a hot streak. Both teams shot right around 50%, with Indiana at 51.4% from the floor. Um, both of them over 40% from three point line. Just insane. The difference in this game as it is in so many other games, is free throws. It came down to free throws. Um, 90, almost 93% from the Fever and only uh, 70% from Phoenix, uh, which is just, it's not going to get it done down the stretch. 
uh, if you're if you're missing free throws that frequently. Bria Hartley seemed to particularly have a difficult time um, a difficult time at the free throw line, uh, missing half of her eight attempts there. Um, but there were a few shining pieces from Phoenix as well. Bria Hartley, even though she struggled. Uh, from behind, uh, from the free throw line, played a really, really solid game. Shot nine of fifteen from the field with twenty six points. Um, I was really impressed with what I was, what we saw from her. She also uh, shared uh, the assist lead on the team with with five. Uh, she and Tarasi both dropping five dimes apiece. But yeah, Bria Hartley with twenty five minutes and twenty six points to basically kind of keep Phoenix in it. We also were able to see uh, Brittany Griner finally. Uh, she had a, a pretty rough initial first game, and she didn't. She's not. Um, she's not playing the way that I that we've been able to see her in the past. Um, but I mean, she had 23 points and seven rebounds. It's not terrible, um, but didn't didn't. I didn't feel like she had a particularly strong game, and I I do expect a little bit more from her. To have DT only with six points, Skydig with twelve. I mean, it was it's kind of a it's kind of a rough rough go for some of the big star players of the Mercury, and they did have a couple uh, bench players step up. I got a shout out to Alana Smith, who we've interviewed on the show last season. If you want to go back and listen to her interview, it's one of my favorite interviews that I've done personally. Um, it was great to see her get out and and get some good solid minutes. You know, played over half the game and came away with 14 points. I thought that was great. Can we talk for a second about Tierra McCowan though? Goodness gracious, dropping 20 and 13 um, wasn't really a factor in their game one, and I was a little frustrated. Didn't you know we didn't see her start either game, and it seemed like her minutes weren't really there in the first game. Maybe she's still coming along in the. Um, in the conditioning side of things. And if so, I, I totally get that. Um, but sh- they're a different team when she's on the court. Uh, I-, I love that she was able to play 30 minutes, you know, went eight for 11 uh, from the field, like just a really, really solid game from McCowan. I think that she's kind of that next class of dominant bigs and, and like true big centers in the league, which we only have, uh, you know, a handful of true big centers who, you know, back-to-the-basket type players, uh, high-rebound uh, high rebound um, players. And I really love um, that she's come a long ways, and I hope that this is just that first step toward um, what I hope to be a really breakout sophomore year for her. Um, but like I said, uh, Indiana shooting just a incredible um, throughout the game. You know they and Phoenix both. It's final scores one hundred six to one hundred, which was crazy. If you look at the scores from the last two days, from uh, Tuesday's and Wednesday's games, we had four of our twelve teams score in triple digits, and several others uh, in the nineties, which I thought was really interesting. That we've just got a ton of offense. I don't know what it was about the last two days. But just seemed like everybody was just getting up and down the floor and getting shots out early in the shot clock um, and trying to outscore each other, which makes for some fun basketball. And uh, and I was I was pumped about that. Okay, moving on. Next game, I gotta I gotta hit this up. L.A. confuses me. 
All right, can we just, after that first game against Phoenix, would you guys agree? I mean, LA looked like they were just dominant. Like, they came in and just utterly thrashed a Phoenix squad that everybody thought was going to be making a run for the for the uh, finals this year. And who knows, Phoenix very well may be, and maybe they're just finding their footing. Granted, Phoenix did just lose to Indiana tonight, but LA came out just... The first half was pretty solid. You know, it was, it was just a, you know, I think a four-point game at the half for Chicago. Um, and then Chicago over the third and fourth quarter just really extended that lead and kind of got away from L.A. And L.A. was never really able to recover um, and just seemed flat. I think that, uh, you know, Brittany Sykes was playing with quite a bit of energy but had, I think, two or three turnovers turnovers right in a row at kind of one of those big swing moments of the game um, as Chicago was starting to get some momentum. seemed like Sykes, even though I felt like she was kind of that energy leader and she also led the team in points, really she, she turned the ball over at those critical moments. Um, and I think that's just maybe a product of her not being familiar with the squad, her not being uh, super in sync with a lot of her teammates. But uh, I love what I'm seeing from Brittany Sykes. I think that she's going to have uh, a phenomenal season. So far, she's she's really opened a lot of eyes. Um, but, uh, you know, just just seemed like a really non... Just just not much happening for the Sparks that for, for that game. I thought that they came out really flat. Chicago played pretty well. They had a, they've got a really short rotation. Um, you know, nine players got in the in the game with uh, Ruthie Hebert and Stella Johnson, both only getting just a couple minutes apiece, um, and not really doing a whole lot there. Um, short, like a, they really are playing about a seven-player rotation. They've got their starting five, and then Diamond Shields and Gabby Williams. Now, we do need to remember that Steph Dolson was sitting out for this game, and so that would give them in that eight eight-person rotation, but. To their credit, Chicago played really in sync. Um, you know, I th- I thought that overall they uh, their ball movement was really solid. Um, it came down to you know they had 25 assists to Los Angeles's 15 or excuse me 18. Um, that's big. I thought the ball movement was really solid um, from Chicago. Uh, Azure Stevens just is a revelation in Chicago. Uh, same with Kalia Copper. Um, those two have just been the banner carriers for the Chicago Sky team, and I think that they uh, they definitely um, could be big pieces for this team moving forward. I think that you know Chicago was just a one or two pieces away from potentially making a run in the in the finals last year, um, and it looks like Azure and Kalia uh, Copper. I mean. Really, really solid performances so far, and and if they can get a, a Steph Dolson back and she can be playing up at a uh, at a high level as well, I I think that you can go eight deep on the Chicago Sky roster without really any drop off. Um, Courtney Vandersloot with ten assists, uh, ten or eleven points, um, all five starters in double digits, as well as Gabby Williams. Um, really, basically everybody that got in the game for more than just a couple minutes in double digits with Diamond to Shields uh, pulling in nine as well. Um, this this game just kind of left me confused. I thought that Chicago looked 
like pretty good against uh, Las Vegas. But, you know, Las Vegas is kind of breaking in some new players. Chicago is breaking in some new players. I thought that L.A. would probably come in and win this game by 10 or 15. Um, but it was actually the exact opposite with Chicago coming away with a big-time 18-point victory over the Sparks. Love what I'm seeing out of Chicago right now. A 2-0 squad uh, who looks like, you know, they're, they're definitely going to be making some noise. Speaking of teams that are making noise... Washington Mystics, who nobody anticipated to really come in and do a ton this season. You know, you're missing the two two of your best players in Tina Charles, who was just signed this offseason, and Elena Deladon, right? The the reigning MVP, uh, you know, just kind of the face of the league in 2019, uh, not uh, not obviously not playing this this year. And you lose Christy Tolliver to L.A. I mean, this was kind of a squad that a lot of people were just like, well, they're not going to defend their title because because of who they you know who they're not playing with. But they'll be a fun squad and and probably you know still be in the playoffs. But my word, Ariel Powers, uh, Maisha Hines, Allen, just they i don't even know what to say like just playing so far above what we're used to seeing them at and not not that they're playing below but i think maybe this is this is one of those times where when some of those big stars step aside and aren't there that these players who do have that capability and now carry that that load have a chance to really come out and shine um I, th- I think that Washington was a deeper roster than a lot of us were were probably realizing last year. And so really cool to see Powers, Atkins, and Heinz Allen really uh, kind of being the go-tos for this team. Um, so, oh, I've got a little bit of trivia. Clo- you know, not, don't close your eyes. If you're driving especially, don't close your eyes. I always listen to podcast driving. So if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But... Um, Let's take a guess. Right now, after two games, it's only been two games, so you know, not a ton of, of, uh, of, of a sample size. But who are the two? They're tied. Who's the? Who are tied for the number one uh, spot for points per game right now? What do you think? Do you know? Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas, both Connecticut Sun players. And the Sun are 0-2. Bonner and Thomas are putting in a ton of, uh, of effort. They're, they seem to be playing really well together. And the, and the Sun just can't get anything else really going. Um, nobody else contributing much throughout uh, throughout this game. Natasha Heideman, uh, Natisha, Natisha Heideman uh, with 8 points, but not, you know, not, nothing too crazy there. Um, but it's really the the Bonner and Thomas show. Um, I expect to see a little bit more out of Jasmine Thomas moving forward, and uh, and hopefully we can see some of that. Um, Kalina Mosqueda Lewis just seemed a little off tonight. Only went one for five. Um, you know that three point that three point specialist just really didn't bring much in this game. Um, and I think a lot of that was due to some of the perimeter defense that we saw from this Mystic squad. Um, that's really, you know, putting p- people on notice to, to, to check. If you would have told me that these two teams, one of them was 2-0 and and the other was 0-2 at the beginning of the season, I would have said Connecticut was 2-0 and and Washington was 0-2. and 
But 2020 is crazy. So why not continue to have a little bit of craziness with these two squads as well? Um, I'm going to kind of get through this Minnesota-Seattle game uh, a little quick simply because I think that and I feel bad. I, I really do. And I hope you guys can forgive us. Every once in a while, we won't go super into something because it's almost expected. It's like, oh, yeah, this happened exactly as we expected. And that's really what we're seeing from Seattle and Minnesota. Um, Seattle just put on a clinic. Minnesota's still trying to figure out a lot of these pieces that they're trying to put together around you know, some of their, some of their bigger... Um, parts like uh, Sylvia Fowles and, and Nafisa Collier, you know, bringing in a Rachel Banham, uh, Crystal Dangerfield, Lexi Brown, you know, all brand new to this squad. And I think that, you know, having those players get some decent playing time is, in, is important. But Minnesota just, um, I, I'm not going to be critical of Minnesota because you got to look at who they were playing. I mean, Seattle came in and they shot 53% from the field. Uh, first of all, Seattle's a phenomenal team, and if a phenomenal team is shooting, you know, over fifty percent from the field, you're going to have a long day, and that's exactly what uh, what Minnesota had. Now, one interesting thing is that Minnesota out rebounded Seattle by a long ways, by quite a bit, um, thirty eight rebounds to uh, Seattle's twenty four. But um, nearly 20 turnovers from the links, and I think that that's that's gotta that's gotta stop. You know, you can't you can't be you can't be turning handing the ball the other or handing the ball to the other team 20 times, and especially against a quality team like Seattle and expecting to to come away with a W. But Seattle absolutely drubbing Minnesota by by 34 points. Uh, oh no! Excuse me! Excuse me! Twenty-four points. <laughs> Thirty-four would have been really nuts. But twenty-four points. Um, uh, twenty-four point victory. Seattle over Minnesota. And again, Brianna Stewart's just looking like uh, like MVP caliber. Eighteen points, ten rebounds. She got the double double, three assists, and three steals, and and two blocks. I mean, just she does everything. Uh, you know, shot fifty percent from the field, forty percent from three-point line, hundred percent. Uh, from the from the free throw line, just a really solid performance from Bree Stewart, um, and uh, and Sue Bird actually. Uh, I what I loved out of this game is the announcers kept bringing it up that she and Stewie were were tied at 16 points apiece, and uh, it's been a long time. I think since 2016 is what they were saying on the broadcast since Sue Bird has been the leading scorer in a game that she's played in, which just left me kind of dumbfounded, but also just lets <laughs> reminds everybody that just how talented this squad is when Sue bird, the legend hasn't been the leading scorer on her own team in like four years. That's nuts. That's nuts to me. Um, so uh, moving on from that game, uh, I do want to hit up this Atlanta and Las Vegas game. Um, Las Vegas Definitely coming out and and playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after that loss to Chicago. That was a tough loss for them to take, I'm sure. Um, Asia Wilson is, you know, just being Asia Wilson with another double-double, 21 and 11. Um, again, I'm, I'll probably tend to bring up her stats quite a bit throughout the year because she was my preseason pick for, for MVP. Um, 
but Erica Hamby just really, really, I mean, she was Sixth Woman of the Year last year, and she's going to do it again this year if she keeps this up. You know, coming in off the bench, dropping 20, uh, 20 and 7, just really, really solid game, you know, protecting the ball really well. She comes in and brings so much energy uh, to this squad. Uh, I love that Jackie Young got a lot of, of minutes, especially, you know, to late in the game um, when the game was kind of out of reach. I love that Jackie Young's getting more time. She's that number one draft pick from last year. And uh, and I think Las Vegas is really trying to get bring her along and help her develop into she's got the talent. Um, I think it's just putting it together. We saw a similar thing with Kelsey Plum, uh, who, um, you know, ironically with the Aces is is sitting out this season. Um, but, uh, you know, starting started had a rough first couple seasons in the league and now starting to kind of come into her own. And uh, and I hope Jackie Young's going to have a similar trajectory. Hopefully she and and Plummer having several conversations on that. But overall, just a really, really solid performance from Las Vegas. Um, Atlanta, they're they're gonna have a similar season to like your Dallas and your and your uh, New York because they you know they've got so many new new players and you know young players. They've got they're trying to put a lot of this together. Um, Kennedy Carter. Came in and right out the gate had 10 points, I swear, before I blinked. But she only finished with with 11. She didn't shoot very well. Uh, Went 3 for 11. Um, But I think, you know, still trying to find her find her spot and find her rhythm with this team. Monique Billings, who had, uh, you know, what Logan brought up, I think one of the most impressive stat lines that we've seen so far this whole season, she had in their first game. And, and Las Vegas just completely shut her down, um, held her to five points and just a, and, and seven rebounds. So she seemed to be a little bit of a non-factor. Luckily, we saw Elizabeth Williams step up um, with 16 points. But Atlanta, it was a rough game, Atlanta. Let's, uh, let's chalk that one up to, uh, you know, uh, kind of a lack of chemistry and, and go ahead and move forward. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of my take on these games. I thought that there was a lot of fun basketball, and I'm never going to complain um, anytime uh, that I get to watch six WNBA games in a two day span. I'm super super stoked, and I love that they're they're somewhat staggered, so I can kind of watch them all, you know, back to back to back. Um, the there's a little bit of that crossover where I have to, you know, flip back and forth during commercial breaks and try and keep track. And and sometimes I'll have one up on my phone and one up on my on my television and try and watch watch two at the same time and 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 catch it that way. But um, anyway, this is a late episode, late release. Um, just wanted to get something out for you guys to listen to. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this little bit of a breakdown uh, from me. Uh, Logan and I will be back with you. We'll, we're planning on having an episode ready to release on Monday. Uh, so watch for that in your podcast feeds Monday morning. Um, if you're looking for a way to support us a little bit more, that would be awesome. You can check out our Patreon page. We've got some awesome kickbacks there. Um, we want to give a big shout out um, to our, uh, you know, to all of our patrons there. You know who you are. You guys are just the best, and we love everything that you do. Every every little bit counts. You know, if a couple bucks a month really does make a difference for us. It helps us cover a lot of our costs that we uh, incur as we, you know, try to cover what we think is the best 
uh, who we think are the best athletes in the entire world. So if you're looking to support some women's hoops, uh, looking to support women in sports and uh, and help our show in specifically grow, check out our Patreon page, WNBA Nation, right on there. Um, and for just a couple bucks a month, you can you can really hook us up. So we appreciate that. Um, best way to find us is to find us on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. Uh, hit us up in the DMs. We're always down to chat. If you've got any questions, if you want to, you know, talk talk some hoops. Uh, maybe you got a friend who's trying to get into the league, and you maybe you're new yourself and not really sure. You know, maybe uh, you know, maybe you're from LA, you're West Coast, and you've got and, and you, you got the sparks down, but you don't know much about the rest of the league. You know, hey, hit us up. We're happy to always chat, uh, kind of give you some players to watch for, whatnot. Um, but uh, just thank you, thank you, thank you. We had our our biggest day ever of uh, single day downloads um, after our uh, Sunday night slash Monday morning episode released, and you guys are amazing. That just shows. Just like we had, you know, tons of people, tons of viewership. Um, for both the WNBA opening weekend and the NWSL uh, Challenge Cup final, you know, that Sunday. I think that it just goes to show that that mixed in with that orange hoodie, right? And and how viral that is and how many, uh, how was the number one item sold on, on Fanatics. I mean, just shows that the demand for women's sports is there. We're trying to help uh, cover that as best as possible. So hit us up. Thank you all for listening. Uh, tell a friend about the show, um, and, uh, and and just truly, truly thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, but for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood, and we got you next time.